The couple went out for a night of drinking and gambling with friends. Everyone was having a good time until they got in the car to go back home. That's when a fight broke out between the couple. And this fight would end up having deadly consequences. Welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie and this is A Wicked World. The story I have for you today is about a little boy who was attacked when he was asleep in his own bed, in his own home, where he should be safe. But when you allow a monster into your home, that can be far from the case. This little boy's murder was so cold and calculated. This is the story of Hunter Smith Street. Hunter Hayes Smith Strait was born on June 4, 2016 in Winnipeg, Canada. His mother's name was Clarice Smith and his father was Doyle Strait Jr. Hunter was an only child whom his mother doted on. He was a happy little boy who was full of love and joy. Hunter wanted to be a policeman when he got bigger so that he could help and save people, he would say. Little Hunter also loved Paw Patrol and playing with his Hot Wheel cars. He was described as an inquisitive child with big dreams. Hunter's parents were no longer together for one reason or another, and his mother Clarice began dating a 33-year-old man named Daniel Jensen in the beginning of 2019. The couple lived together with Hunter in a duplex on Pritchard Ave in Winnipeg. Now, Clarice, Daniel, and Hunter lived in the upstairs suite of the duplex, while Clarice's sister, Roxana, her partner, and her children lived in the bottom part of the duplex. As of October 2019, Clarice and Daniel had been on again, off again for about seven months. And the pair, along with Hunter, was going to make them move back to Manigottigan, which was about 93 miles away or 150 kilometers away from Winnipeg. They were supposed to be going there to live closer to Clarice's mom. But the thing is, Daniel wasn't even supposed to be around Clarice because there was actually a court order for him to stay away from her. Regardless of this, Clarice and Daniel would spend the evening together on October 29, 2019, going to bars and a casino with Clarice's sister, Roxana, and some friends. While they were out, three-year-old Hunter had been left in the care of Roxana's daughter, or his older cousin. After the group had enjoyed some drinks and some time at the casino, they headed back to Clarice's home so that she could check in on Hunter. After that, they planned on going to another bar. But during the ride home, Clarice and Daniel got into a very heated argument, during which Daniel said to Clarice that he was going to take her son away from her. She did not know what that meant, but she knew it didn't sound good. She didn't like that. So she punched him in the face three times. As soon as they arrived home, Clarice went into Hunter's room and picked him up and began getting him dressed. She was going to take him and leave. She didn't know where she was going to go, but she knew that she no longer felt safe around Daniel. As Clarice was fumbling around trying to get Hunter dressed, her friend who was with her asked where she was going to go with the little boy. And when Clarice had no answer, the friend told her that maybe she should just leave Hunter, let him go back to sleep. Family was watching him and he would be fine. So she convinced Clarice to leave and go to another bar with the group. So Clarice decided to lay Hunter back down 
and he told his mom that he loved her. She gave him a kiss on the forehead and then headed out. After the group had left the Pritchard Ave home, they headed to a bar that was located at the Northern Hotel on Main Street in Winnipeg. It was at that bar that Daniel would get angry that Clarice was talking to another man, and the argument that had started earlier between the two of them would just get even more heated. They were alone at the table that the group had been seated at, as the other members of the group were outside having a smoke. During this time, Daniel made another threat to Clarice about taking her son away from her. Angry and done with him at this point, Clarice told Daniel that she and Hunter would be moving to Manigotigan, and he would not be going with them. This made Daniel even angrier, and for some reason, he bit Clarice's cheek. She immediately jumped up from the table and ran towards the bathroom, but Daniel chased after her, calling her awful names, and when he caught up with Clarice, he started punching and kicking his girlfriend. Clarice's sister, Roxanna, who was outside smoking at the time, had heard the commotion from inside, and she came in to see what was going on. When she came in, she said that she saw Daniel walking backwards away from the bar, waving his hands towards his body, like he was telling the staff, bring it on, when they were trying to kick him out. So at this point, Daniel did get kicked out of the bar, and Roxanna would go into the bathroom to find her sister, Clarice, bleeding from a gash on her nose. The group would end up leaving the bar around 2 a.m. on October 30th, and then they would head back to Clarice's house yet again. This was around 2.30 in the morning, and Roxanna got out of the car, but Clarice stayed in because she was going to go stay at a friend's house for the night. Roxanna was going to take care of Hunter. So when Roxanna entered the house, she went upstairs to check in on Hunter, and when she peeked into his room, he looked like he was sleeping peacefully. So Roxanna went back downstairs to go to bed herself. But it was then that she heard her daughter screaming and crying that something was wrong with Hunter. Roxanna ran back upstairs to find that Hunter was covered in blood, had a weak pulse, and was barely breathing. She told her daughter to call 911, as well as Clarice, to get her back to the house as soon as possible. When the first responders arrived on the scene, they found that Hunter had been stabbed in the head and neck six times, and the knife was still sticking out of the back of the little boy's neck. A police officer had actually arrived first, before the paramedics even got there, and when he had been led upstairs, he saw Hunter and immediately thought there was no way he was alive. But the police officer went over and saw that the little boy was still breathing, so he took the knife out of his neck and attempted to give him CPR. A screwdriver was also found by Hunter's feet at that time. Clarice got back to the house very shortly after, but when she got there, police were already on the scene, and she was not allowed to go back into her house. They would shortly after, though, drive her to the hospital, where Hunter had been taken in critical condition. Later that same day, October 30th, a liquor store theft would be reported in Garden City. The owner of the shop next to the liquor mart had seen a very drunk and out of it Daniel Jensen. He had been walking out of the liquor mart with four bottles of vodka in his pockets. And of course, his pants were falling down. That wasn't very well planned. When the other store owner spotted Daniel and tried to call him out for the theft, Daniel walked up to him and told him that he would stab him in the heart. Needless to say, the other shop owner got right out of his way and Daniel carried on, just walking down the street. The shop owner then called 911. 
Daniel Jensen was arrested a short time later, and he was charged with attempt to commit murder, assault causing bodily harm, multiple failures to comply with recognizance, and theft under $5,000. Now Hunter, who had been rushed to the nearest children's hospital, had been given two blood transfusions and put on life support. He had lost so much blood during the attack that he had brain damage. And sadly, on November 2nd, 2019, at 4.10 p.m., Hunter Hayes Smith Street would take his last breath as his family made the very difficult decision to unplug his life support. I saw a video of him uh, singing Little Monkeys, you know, and it, it, I cried watching it to hear his voice again. A young life ended too soon. A day after Hunter Hayes Straight Smith was taken off life support, community members came out together to support and remember the little boy. Daryl Contois is close with Hunter's family. He and a few members of the community came to the house where the three-year-old was stabbed to drum, sing songs, smudge, and give offerings of tobacco and prayer. Contois says the family is dealing with his loss as best as they can, but even he is getting overwhelmed with emotion at pictures of his own son, and he only met Hunter a handful of times. When I got up this morning, you know, I looked at the picture and I thought of Hunter right away, and I, I broke down and cried. This meant that Daniel's charges were now upgraded to second-degree murder, and that would also be later upgraded at a preliminary hearing to first-degree murder. The Crown had decided that the premeditative nature of the attack had warranted the first-degree murder charge. Hunter's murder was not an accident or an impulse. It was deliberate and planned. Daniel Jensen's trial would start in September of 2021, he would plead not guilty to his charges, and the trial lasted 20 days. In court, prosecutors alleged that Daniel had been so full of rage for the little boy's mother that he tried to hurt her in the cruelest way possible by taking the life of her only son. And he did just what he set out to do. Hunter's blood had been found all over Daniel's clothes, he had stabbed the little boy and then fled the house. But Daniel's lawyer was arguing that somebody else in the house could have been the one to stab Hunter that night. He said that his client had returned to the house and he found Hunter injured at that time. That's why he had the blood on his clothes. So he found him injured and didn't tell anybody or call 911? That doesn't even sound like a good defense. Austin Briere, Hunter's older cousin, who also lived at the Pritchard Ave home, took the stand as a witness in the case. He told jurors that he had been at home the night that his cousin Hunter had been found stabbed in his own bed. He told the jury that he had been in complete shock and he was devastated because Hunter had been like a little brother to him. And Daniel's attorney was arguing that Austin, who had a violent past, had actually experienced a blackout from drinking the night that Hunter was killed. The defense said that during this time, Austin got angry with Hunter when he told the little boy to go to bed, but he wouldn't listen. But that did not fit the evidence that had been found at the scene. Austin further testified that he had not heard or seen Daniel in the house that night. He had been in his room sleeping after he had woken up hours earlier. Austin admitted to the jury that he had blacked out from day drinking and he had fallen asleep earlier in the day. He had then woken up at 10 p.m. and was angry. He woke up 
and no one was around. And he said he started freaking out. And by freaking out, he meant that he started throwing around plates, bowls, and cups, and then punched a hole in the door. Dried blood had been found on Austin's pants. And Austin told the jury that he had cut up his hands pretty bad while doing this. And he had wiped them on his pants. And by the time the hunter had been found later, the blood had dried. The injuries to his hands had been documented in photos taken by the Winnipeg Police Service when they had interviewed Austin. Police had also taken a sample of Austin's blood to match it to the blood on his clothing. And it did match. It indeed was Austin's blood and not Hunter's. But blood that had been found on Daniel's clothing would be a match to Hunter's. Big surprise. And that was not the only piece of evidence that the prosecution had against Daniel. In fact, the evidence was overwhelming. There was witness testimony, DNA evidence, and surveillance footage that all pointed to Daniel being Hunter's killer. Multiple witnesses had seen Daniel and Clarice get into a heated argument at the bar that night. They had also seen that Daniel had struck Clarice multiple times during this fight. The surveillance footage showed Daniel leaving the bar very shortly after, and then he started walking in the direction of the Pritchard Ave home. The prosecution said to the court that Daniel had been ready to hurt anyone who had crossed his path that night. But most of all, he wanted to hurt Clarice Smith. She was leaving him, and he wanted her to hurt. Even though no one had seen Daniel committing the horrible crime, someone at the Pritchard Ave house had seen Daniel that morning. They said that Daniel had been there for about five minutes, and he told them that he was only checking on Hunter. It's believed that during that time, that's when Daniel stabbed Hunter and covered his mouth so that nobody would hear him. He then covered the little boy up with a blanket and left. Once he exited the home, Daniel could be seen running down the street. So as far as the prosecution saw it, and any sane human being, in my opinion, Daniel had been the one who killed Hunter. But Daniel's lawyer again argued that Daniel had loved Hunter and treated him as his own child. And he said that other suspects had not been properly investigated. Well, when all the evidence is pointing to your client, do you really need to investigate anyone else? I mean... He also pointed out that his client had been seen walking around Winnipeg hours after Hunter had been stabbed. His argument was that if somebody committed murder, wouldn't they be out on the Trans-Canada Highway trying to get out of town as quickly as possible and not just casually strolling around? Well, when most people get in a fight with their girlfriend, they don't go murder the girlfriend's son either. So whatever's typical does not apply to your client, sir. Once the jury had seen all the evidence and heard all the testimony, closing arguments were made. The jury deliberated for about seven hours before they found Daniel Jensen guilty of first-degree murder of Hunter Smith Street. Daniel was automatically given a life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years. As the jury members delivered this verdict, several members of Hunter's family wiped tears from their eyes. One also hugged a Crown prosecutor as they left the court. Then in March of 2023, Daniel Jensen would try to appeal his sentence. Daniel's lawyer argued that the trial judge was wrong to let the jury see the surveillance footage of Daniel assaulting Hunter's mom at the Northern Hotel just hours prior. It was the Crown's position that this was relevant material and was admissible as evidence of Daniel's level of intoxication, as well as his motive for the murder, 
which was that Clarice was leaving him. Daniel's lawyer said the video of the assault was damaging and had little, if any, value because intoxication had not been raised as a defense by Daniel. However, a panel of three Manitoba Court of Appeal justices decided to dismiss his appeal. The decision to deny Daniel's appeal was released just days before Hunter would have turned seven years old. Hunter's family members were very thankful that they did not have to sit through another trial. And on the day they found out that the appeal had been denied, Hunter's grandmother Charlene Strait, along with her husband and son, had dinner and put out a plate of food for Hunter. They did the same thing days later on June 4th, which would have been Hunter's seventh birthday. His grandmother said, We remember him every single day and give thanks for him being in our lives, even though it was short. More than 100 community members gathered on November 3, 2019, outside the former home of Hunter Smith Street. They held a candlelit vigil and had a memorial with teddy bears, flowers, and candles, which continued to grow outside the house. And Hunter's memorial services were held on November 8, 2019, at Eternal Grace Funeral. And since Hunter had wanted to be a police officer, at his service, he was made an honorary constable with the Winnipeg Police Service, badge and all. Speaking at the service, Sean Smith, an officer with the Winnipeg Police Service, said that they wanted to honor the little boy's aspiration of catching bad guys. The officer then delivered two plaques to Hunter's family, one with a badge and one with a certificate signed by a police chief. Hunter's funeral and burial would then take place on November 11th, 2019. Well, thank you for listening to all of Hunter's story today. I know there's been a few stories that I've told about partners who just want to get revenge on the other partner and they hurt the child, but this one just seems especially brutal. Daniel murdered Hunter while he was sleeping, and he did it in such a painful way by stabbing him in the head and neck and then leaving him still alive in all that pain. And unfortunately, this man, because of the court order, was not even supposed to be around Little Hunter at this time. So if you do like true crime and you want to hear it from me, then don't forget to hit that subscribe button below. And turn on your notifications too, so you'll know when I upload a new video, which is two to three times every week. Thanks for watching A Wicked World. Until next time, take care guys. Bye. Thank you for being patrons of A Wicked World. Adina, Allie, Amy, Angela, Angie, Beatrice, Carrie, Catherine, Danielle D, Danielle H, Drew, Frank, Hannah Rama, Hannah, Kara, Lori, Linda, Marion, Mary, Mel, Melissa, MJ Kelly, Neoma, Power 31312, Ray, Shayna, Cheyenne, Stephanie, Susan, Suzanne, and Tammy. You guys rock. Now, there's even more of a wicked world on Patreon. You'll have access to exclusive videos each month and more. Any support truly helps to make sure the victims never get forgotten and to highlight the shortcomings of society associated with each case. So check it out at patreon.com slash a wicked world or use the Patreon app.